0: and welcome to another episode of What's Going On In There, a podcast where we sit down with business leaders from our region and hear about what's currently happening inside their walls, the good, the bad, the challenges and triumphs. And particularly today, we'll undoubtedly touch on a little bit of the familial as well. Uh, And we'll get to that in just one moment. But first things first, I'm Stephen Tomlinson and my esteemed colleague and co-host Angie Russell is here with me again for episode number two of uh, what is uh, essentially guaranteed to become the greatest series of media content ever created. Uh, we're <laughs> taking the Nick Messino approach to promotion. If you say it enough, it's just going to come true. <laughs> Angie, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Glad to be here. Yeah,
0: glad to be here as well. And we've got in, uh, in our second episode, it's, uh, we've got an embarrassment of riches. Uh, we have two guests uh, who we could have uh, an hour-long podcast with either one of them uh we have with us my old dear friend and angie's brother teddy russell president and ceo of russell landscape group teddy thanks for coming thank you guys so much for having me yes sir and uh, across the table we have mr stan hall uh stan when i read your resume it makes me want to just go crawl back into bed <laughs> uh we uh, San is the uh, the chief operating officer of Explore Gwinnett, the Gwinnett Convention Visitors Bureau, the executive director of Gwinnett Sports Commission, uh, in the G- the Gas South District, right. the recently renamed Gas South District, uh, executive director of Gwinnett Championship Foundation PGA Tour, the Champions uh, Mitsubishi Electric Classic, and uh, former director of the Gwinnett DA's office, mm-hmm. uh, and you've also got a. A degree I just learned from uh, the FBI, the FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia. So, you got you got a lot of stories to tell. What's the old saying? A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, you right, found so. a couple of them. There it looks you go. Like. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you call it blind squirrel anymore. <laughs> um, so this this is the uh, this is the podcast where we we get to ask what's going on in, inside your businesses, inside your world. Um, saying we can start with you because you got a lot going on inside your world for sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, uh, well, first of all, thank you for uh, the invitation to be here today, and uh, especially with uh, all of you who uh, also consider to be great friends. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, as you know, and uh, as you may have heard or read, um, we officially changed the Infinite Energy Center to the Gas South District. Uh, we had our south op- uh, soft opening on Tuesday, uh, and then that will continue over a period of about a month to where we actually unveil the uh, actual signage to be designated as the Gas South District. Uh, it's a um, it's an exciting opportunity for us that, that, that we're looking forward to. Gas South obviously is a great company based here in Atlanta. Uh, the infinite energy relationship we had for uh, about six years was really also incredible. But they weren't based in Georgia, they were based in Gainesville, Florida, so the activation of that naming rights uh, sponsorship we had with them was was somewhat challenged uh, more so for them than us uh, but now Gas South here in Atlanta and, and uh, they're very well uh, versed in sponsorships such as ours they're they're very uh, prominent at Truist Park with the Braves mm-hmm. so we're definitely looking forward to that and think it's going to be a great opportunity for them and for us that's <laughs> great uh, now the Gas South District it's uh, it encompasses the Gas South Arena
0: which mm-hmm. was the former Infinite Energy Center mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then what, what else is considered part of the Gas South District? The,
2: the, all the facilities on our campus will become the Gas South District, and as you said, it will become the Gas South Arena, Gas South, and we are going back to the convention center uh, connotation rather than the forum, uh, and then all the, also the performing arts theater. Okay. So the, the area will be designated as a district uh, as opposed to the old Infinite Energy Center uh, label that we used in the past. Uh, but they, they, they assume the naming rights for all of the facilities on our campus. I
0: understand. And there's, and there's currently a, a big uh, re- renovation expansion project going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- when's the, the estimated time to wrap that project?
2: Well, up? It's, it's a multi-phase project, obviously. Um, the thing that we're paying our closest attention to now is the expansion of what was our forum, which is now our convention center. Uh, really adds about 100,000 square feet of open-span exhibit space and meeting rooms, uh, which gives us, uh, behind uh, the Georgia World Congress Center, uh, we think will be the second largest convention space in the state of Georgia. How about that? Uh, so we, um, the expansion portion of that project gets turned over to us in November of this year. Uh, Once we occupy that space, then we'll close down the existing Convention Center space for renovations, uh, and then we'll get that about midway through 2022. Okay. Obviously, the hotel, the Westin Hotel uh, with Concord Hospitality out of North Carolina, uh, that project is under construction now. We hope we'll get it about the same time we get the the completed Convention Center because they're connected, Mm -hmm. number one. So we hope that by the... End of 2022, that whole project is complete, including the hotel.
0: Got it. Mm-hmm. I did see that not too long ago, maybe in the past year, that you that the when it was still the Infinite Energy Center, mm-hmm. it, w- it was up for uh, an award of, of one of the the best uh, arenas, I think, in the country. Right? It,
2: it was, and not in the not in the country, in the world. Wow. Uh, there there is a classification, obviously based on capacity size, mm-hmm. but for our size, which. Uh, for a, a show including seats on the floor for a, a typical concert. Uh, we did receive a nomination as one of the outstanding uh, venues in the country. Uh, and, you know, we certainly agree with that. Uh, but it, but it's always very... Um, nice to see people your peers your industry recognize you as as that as well so we, we were privileged to get that nomination so
0: yeah that's a tremendous honor mm-hmm. that's
2: really cool it's yeah. one of the five finalists I think. it was yeah it absolutely was that's very cool mm-hmm.
0: well good i know you've been busy you've been you've been all over the news uh 2020 was undoubtedly a, a real challenging year for y'all i can't imagine uh,
2: that there, there was a lot going on in, in uh in sports and entertainment uh, well, I, I tell the story uh, now that's much easier to tell than, than when it was actually uh, in time. But uh, in March of um, 2020, we had just completed three events at the arena that were all sold out, including the Rafi Nadal tennis exhibition. Mm-hmm. And it was we were just on a path in 2020 to go to a place that we had never been before as far as our, our, our net financials. And um, I had a meeting with our full staff and made that proclamation that, you know, 2020 is the year that we'll beat all records as far as our our business is concerned. And then three weeks later, we're bringing that same staff back together and saying, we may have to shut the door. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It happened that quick. Yeah. Uh, Totally unexpected. Um, And, and, you know, like everybody else, uh, Teddy and I have talked about this with his business as well. We just had to adjust, and some very, very difficult decisions were made. Um, but w- but we did prevail. Uh, now things are picking back up, not only nicely but very rapidly as far as the events on our campus. And we're starting to bring folks back that, unfortunately, we had to furlough based on on the COVID experience. Good. Uh, but it was a very difficult year, and our arena, for example, uh, we were dark for almost eight months. Jeez. And, and that's an event, or, or that's one of our facilities where, you know, we're, we're very seldom dark on any given day over there. Yep. So to shut it down for that period of time was uh, not only heartbreaking, but devastating, and still our business model. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but again, the news is much, much better now, and uh, we, we took advantage of some opportunities we had to do some things during that downtime that we couldn't have done. Uh, with a full event schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all in all, we, we feel really good, uh, better than we have felt in a long, long time about where we are moving forward as a total business product over there. Well, that's it's an exciting time mm-hmm. uh, right now
0: for, for everybody on the whole, but particularly for, for organizations like you guys who really just had to shutter the doors for Absolutely. A while. Yep. Um, y'all have got a, a full capacity event coming up in
2: June, I think, in the middle of June. We do. Uh, you know, and the, the big news for us is that Governor Kemp, uh, we were under executive orders based on reduced capacity, even when we were trying to come back in early 2021. Uh, that, uh, that was released two weeks ago. So uh, we're selling our concerts that we now have on sale at full capacity. Which makes all the difference in the world That's uh, for promoters and for talent that are looking for a place to play. It doesn't make any sense for them financially to come into a building of our size for 3,000 people. Yeah. Uh, so those tickets are out on sale now. All of them are selling very briskly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got had one big announcement that uh, I, I'm afraid to say it because I can't remember if it comes out this week or next. But it'll also be one that will sell out. With Musical an hour. act. Pardon? Musical act. Musical act. Um, but, but we've already put several on sale that are selling, I think they'll sell out. Uh, Mercy Me, which is a faith-based group, always does well in our building. Mm-hmm. Those tickets went on sale three weeks ago and are nearing capacity. So we, we, feel, we feel really good about where we're headed as far as our concert business is going. That's great. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Teddy Russell, how you been, man?
3: Old, old, old friend, Teddy Russell. Well, I'm above ground, which is always good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, you, you guys uh, had an interesting 2020, no doubt. And, uh, and now we've got a whole new set of challenges in, in 2021, uh, those of us who, who rely heavily on uh, manpower to do what we do. But uh, yeah. w- w- walk us through what uh, Russell Landscape went through uh, when, when the, the pandemic hit and the, the whole world came to a halt.
3: Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, um, first of all, just great to be here, obviously, with uh, my sister and fraternity brother here. If you guys don't know, Stephen and I go way back. Uh, Stephen being from Waycross and us from Norcross, we've always had that connection, the the old cross. The Southern um, Cross. And then, obviously, with my my good friend, Stan. And and I will say the the Gas South Arena now is uh, just a phenomenal place. I mean, all the concerts and all the events. And um, I got to play in the Mitsubishi Classic. Uh, you know Stan's getting a call right now he's he's gonna <laughs> he's, that man. may be the new music Bus- venue that we're about to, <laughs> to get so um, but just going through the last year uh, there's a couple things one is um, I guess you start to fill a few notches on your belt uh, and that's a good thing um, you know we've all been through the, the recession of 2008 and um, going through that I, I, I got a chance to learn a lot in my early on in my career so when we hit uh, I know it was I can tell you, Friday, March 13th, we really went. uh, We practiced our first um, remote office day. Uh, Being a commercial landscape contractor, we work outside, which is fantastic. But we have an office staff that we had to make sure was safe and protected, and and also be able to continue to operate our business. uh, We can't do a lot without you know paying and sending the bills and and, uh, making sure we have insurance and all the things that go there. So, you know, really from the experience I had from the recession was, you know, the one thing I wished I had done better was just being more aggressive faster. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I came in and I think everybody uh, thought I turned into Bill Russell and said, Hey, <laughs> we're, we're doing this as fast as possible. We, uh, no, no more discretionary expenses, no more, uh, we're not buying anything. We are, um, uh, all branch managers were required to be in the yard with the guys in the morning. I was in the yard with the guys in the morning. Uh, everybody was engaged with the team. I mean, we put the action plan in so fast. Um, uh, you know, I was really proud of how quickly we adapted, but being a landscape contractor, we realized pretty quickly, uh, we're, we became an essential service contractor, mm-hmm. uh, thank goodness. Um, so we were able to continue to work. Uh, so we had to make sure our, our team was safe and all the uh, rotation of people uh, coming in and the, um, uh, uh, you know, the mask and the protocols uh, you know, going from, you know, water coolers to, you know, all the things we had to think about, uh, were all put into place extremely fast and things opened back up for us. We, we, we did some really cool things, uh, you know, working, uh, uh, for a family business. Um, my sister and I both grew up in it. Uh, we really got to see my dad create the DNA of our company and, and we're a faith based company. Uh, we're also a family business. Uh, and, you know, one thing I learned is, um, you know, you can put all the goals in place and we want to be the, the largest and the biggest and financially successful and so forth. But one thing I've learned is you, you can reach those goals. And if you hit them and you, ha- you look backwards and you didn't enjoy that journey, hmm. it really doesn't matter. Okay. And so going through the pandemic, I realized we have a lot of just great people we work with, not only our employees, but our customers. Mm-hmm like mr Stan here uh and um we said what can we do because we really feel like we're, we're partners and so we identified segments of businesses that had really been impacted hotels conference uh you know entertainment uh restaurants became quickly into that um and we identified each segment and said hey if we can continue to be you know if it's once a month or bi-weekly or whatever we're going to offer you know free fertilizer or free weed control and so we just we did everything we could and you know of course my uh, eternal optimism i thought everything was going to be over by april 1st <laughs> and um you know of course i was you know being there to encourage the team and so forth well this thing went on for like stan said i mean the arena going dark for eight months you start to look around and and you really get nervous mm-hmm. at the same time we're dealing with just people that want to create ways to get their tenants back in the you know, office space just mm-hmm. saying hey how do we create Walking trails for our CEOs. I, we went to a building and it was a parking lot that usually has 3,800 tenants or uh, you know people in their building every single day, and it was just like the CEO and six other guys and the CEOs out there in June, you know 25th, and it's 100 degrees, and he's on the asphalt just taking a conference call and looking like he's just been run over by a train, mm-hmm. and. Um, we were able to go into the property manager and say, hey, what if we created a, if he's outside all the time, feeling more comfortable, let's create a walking trail. Mm-hmm. And so we did that and then we did pergolas and then we did, hey, how can we do outdoor workspace? Well, we need wifi. Well, you know, let's do some music outside. And so just going through that over the last year just makes you enjoy that journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, the recession gives you some perspective of saying, hey, I thought the world was gonna end and didn't know if the business was gonna make it and all these things, but you look back now and say, uh, it felt like forever then but when you look back on it you're like well it's just kind of a moment in time right and so and you can have that perspective and like i said i guess you have to be getting older to go through these not get these notches on your belt that's the kind of thing that that gave me uh, uh the energy and everything else with the company is just saying hey guys whatever's going on i told you it was gonna be over by april 1st 2020 <laughs> if it's open if it's over by april 1st 2030 we're gonna be okay right and so um anyway that's I mean, I could go on and on, but it's uh, it's impacted as much as the um, uh, uh, landscape industry has been just phenomenal. We get to work outside, everybody wants to be outside, mm-hmm. we're having to help them create outdoor space. We also are in a world right now where there's not enough workers to get the work done, and like you mentioned there in the janitorial and cleaning and COVID operations, there is um, just not enough people, and, uh, and um, we're, we're, we struggle with that, but um, again, you put you know, the first thing you have to do is retain the current people. Right. And so take care of your people. Richard Branson says, you know, if you take care of your employees, they'll take care of your customers. So Mm -hmm. uh, we did that. We've got two uh, awesome workforce development guys. You know, one of them was uh, used to run a bed and breakfast for my dad in Costa Rica. His name's Chris Watkins. And he is Chris. uh, I mean, he's he's working 24 seven. All he does is just recruit, recruit, recruit. and, and, And then if we have a good culture in our company, and we retain our people, we're, we feel very fortunate but it's hard that's it's what really I, hard
0: that's what it's all about and I think y'all have done a fantastic job of creating yeah, that culture uh, Needless to say that reputation uh, you know y'all got a, y'all got a great one um, I, I do think it's one of the silver linings of, of the pandemic is it, it brought us all outside a little bit more and and, um, and, and, and in y'all's case the fact that it happened kind of right when spring was coming alive that, that had to be I would I suspect that's got to be one of the high points in the season for you yeah,
3: um, yeah it's it good and bad one is i was like oh it's spring yeah i mean we got to go the other thing is if it would have been january or december or february people would have said hey we we'll just let's just put the landscape aside we'll be okay right now right it was springtime and people didn't have a choice that's and, right and there was um a lot of people saying hey well maybe they're not essential services i said well when you have trash and you have weeds you have rodents and then you have insects and your you know property value degradation and and as, as much as I was like, oh, no, it's spring, I was very thankful it ended up happening in Springtown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, I want to shift gears a little bit, and let's talk about why you knocked your sister's tooth mm. out
1: as a child. <laughs> it's a
0: terrible thing to do. We need to to hear an explanation.
1: um, Well, I'll I'll go ahead and start and tell the the front end of the story. You know I still have a rest power
2: from a previous life, so let's hear this whole story. I want to hear it out loud. So So, uh,
1: it it was one beautiful Sunday morning, and um, uh, my parents got me up for church, and Teddy's still sleeping, and I I guess I was in second grade at the time because I had one of those little recorders that you that they give you in school. A little song
0: flute? Yeah, a little yeah. song flute.
1: And uh, I thought I'd uh, go in, in Teddy's room and, and play a beautiful song and, and wake him up. <laughs> so as I did, I, I got a little too close. <laughs> and all of a sudden I see this arm and he just backhands the flute. And uh, all of a sudden I was like, I felt this like kind of pop. And uh, I was like, uh-oh. And he turned around like I wasn't crying or anything like that. He was like, "What?" <laughs> and I smiled like half my teeth is I, I don't know. <laughs> gone. Does, does so,
0: the fact that he was sleeping excuse him legally staying yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. yeah. It, it, it,
1: it not. was. It was technically. It was not <laughs> <fault>. couple. But <laughs> but uh, then Teddy. So you know he starts panicking. First thing he says is, "Don't tell mom." <laughs> <laughs> Smart
0: man. Yeah. Smart man. So
1: then he he gets the the, the tooth and he puts it in milk because he thinks that's like going to preserve tooth. Problem's and then it. we uh, decided to, you know, glue it back in thinking oh, that oh, was, wow. you know, going to take care of the problem and uh, then we go downstairs to have breakfast, get ready for church. And, uh, sure enough, as I start eating, he comes right back out. My mom turns around. She's like, ah, S-
3: Stephen, have you ever heard a fish story before? Uh, they get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. First of all, may the defense speak. That's yes, right. Uh, I-, I don't think this was the first time and I don't know that it was a beautiful song and, and I believe it was really close to the air. So anyway, it was meant to wake me up. So-
0: Song is details, 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 right? Details, yeah. details. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, this fish has grown. <laughs> got it.
3: I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs>
0: um, let's see. We've, we've got some other good. Uh, there, there got to be a wealth of uh, Russell family stories in here. Um, <laughs> there, yeah. there, there, there's one about uh, Angie uh, stealing some children's books and selling them for to, to, to get money to, to buy a dog named Spud. Yes. Right?
1: Um Yes. Um, but You know part of the story. I mean, I, do you remember that story? I, uh, I, I, well, I think it made a mom way more upset than, uh, you know, Teddy. But it was all of his children's books, like the golden books, Danny and the Dinosaur, the Big Red Dog, and... I was determined uh, as an entrepreneur.
0: Always been a hustler. <laughs> to, yeah,
1: to raise money for a dog because my mom was like, "I'm not getting you a dog, but if you, you know, get some money for a dog, I was like, alright So I went in took all of his books, went down to the little corner of our street. You know, instead of selling lemonade, I'm, I'm selling all my brother's <laughs> toys and books, and uh, it keeps your yeah, costs down. Yeah, it's yeah, it's important. So, yeah. And so I ended up getting a dog named Spud Hmm. after Spud (laughs) Webb. Go Hawks. Hawks. And if
2: if anybody's doing footnotes, Teddy was 17 years old (laughs) at the time. So just so you'll know.
3: I believe there was some matchbox cars and some Star Wars Transformers. Books, I
1: think yeah. guys, this thing could go on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Some value to these toys. Angie,
3: <laughs> I'm a, you know, like I said, we we do have a man of the law over here. That's uh, right, you that's know, right. the, the theft part of this is uh, when I when I got to college I realized that um uh I found out why my car had a dent in it when I was uh, seventeen, <laughs> Angie was fourteen. <laughs> Uh, she, one of her friends, told me when I was in college that they had told, it, st- stolen the car when they were 14 and, and run it's it like into something. Joy, right? And uh, my dad had really <laughs> let me have it because he was just you know big on taking care of the cars and making sure everything. And just Angie just watched me get blasted by Dad. Never <laughs> never said a word about it. And you're in denial the whole time, like yeah. I have no idea. Four years later, I found out it uh, was a it was a friend of Angie, 14 14 years old, driving around the town.
1: Everyone knows now. I'm not so precious. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we, had, we had a good time growing up <laughs> yeah
0: did. i know y'all did i know y'all did and y'all grew up i mean pra- practically born Gwenetians. i know that y'all weren't necessarily born in in Gwinnett, but moved here very young right
1: That's Eighty-three, right right
0: yeah. and stan you're also from the atlanta area yeah, right
2: here My you're from life off
0: Gwinnett. well okay so i'm the only t- real transplant here
3: um, but you got that cross connection. With that's the way true.
0: <laughs> that's very true. And like half of our fraternity was from Norcross. I'm right. kind of honorary Norcross. That's the way I see that. You know what
3: I do sometimes,
2: if I'm speaking to a group, I'll just say, hey, how many of you guys are like native Guernetians? And I've got my hand up, and typically it's the only hand up. Yeah. But every once in a while, you'll see a hand in the back room throw up. But it, it's it's uh, there's not many folks that are, and we're fifth generation Gwinnett in my family. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a long, long life all here in Gwinnett County. So,
0: well, d- walk us through. So you, you started <laughs> out in
2: law enforcement, and then well, uh, actually started out as a school teacher. Okay, so it goes. It, it gets even worse uh, okay. as I go back. Uh, started off as a school teacher, health and PE. Mm-hmm. Taught at a middle school. I would ask you all to go back to your middle school years, and you'll understand why I only did it one year. <laughs> uh, it was like that's those very strange age for children. Uh, they're they're. Too young to be called adults and too old to be really called children. And there's a lot of smells that take place during that play, <laughs> you know, that time. And I got, I got uh, a middle schooler, by the yeah, way. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I did that for one year. And uh, uh, so I fell back on, you know, I, I had uh, minored in criminal justice, and that's where the law enforcement. My dad was a police officer, so I grew up in that environment. Uh, but, yeah, I did it for – I did uniform police officer. I was a detective. Uh, I did – uh, special assignments on the drug task force and hmm. I, I did I think I did everything you can do in law enforcement uh, and then um, was this for Gwinnett County or yeah every it's in Gwinnett yeah. and um, <clears throat> went over to the district attorney's office uh, after about seven or eight years in in true law enforcement and that's where my basic career took place with Danny Porter who hmm. uh, until recently was the district attorney Uh, And then I was assigned to the board of the Convention and Visitors Bureau as a designee from another board that I sat on who had a seat on that board. And uh, so when I retired from the DA's office, I made the announcement. I said, hey, I love this board. That's where I met Teddy and Angie's dad, Hmm. uh, Bill, who is one of my favorite people in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then I made the announcement I was retiring, and one conversation led to another, and that's how I came to be a part of the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau as far as the leadership staff over there and then it just has proceeded along up until where we are
3: today so it's been a great I've had the best jobs in the world so, so far well we'll it, see how it goes. Stan, I, I remember meeting you then and uh, I don't know if you remember my our, my dad introduced us and you came and spoke to the Community Association Institute about condominiums and HOAs and stuff and from your perspective mm-hmm. yeah that, that's how we ended up meeting so yeah, that was that, 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 yeah. that was a long time ago.
2: Uh, you know, and we joked about Bill being on the show today, but in case Bill ever hears this podcast, uh, I've told Teddy and Angie and I've told Bill hundreds and hundreds of times how much I, I tell her all the time, how much I love her dad, uh, but he is one of the most remarkable people I've ever met, mm-hmm. one of the kindest people I've ever met, genuine people I've ever met, and um, I've gone to Bill for advice that has nothing to do with my job, mm-hmm. but he's that person. Yep. That you can pick up the phone, and say, Bill, I got a problem. I want to talk to you about, and he gives you his complete attention, and gives you his honest, uh, you know, answer to whatever the question is, his opinion, and without failure, I've always taken his advice, and it has paid off for me time after time after time. So, yes, sir. so, Bill, if you're listening, I love you, man. <laughs> I do. I'll second that. He, he's always looked out for me,
0: and and uh, you know, any any time I need advice or. Uh, a
2: sounding board, or you know, well, he refers to everybody that he likes as a great American, but there's never been a greater one than Mr. Bill himself. That I'll is tell true. You that. that is true.
1: I yeah. was gonna say, real quick, I met uh, Stan, or got to know Stan rather, on a plane <coughs> to Aruba. You did? He oh, sat right nice. next to me. <laughs> he was like, I know you. I was like, I yeah, know
2: you. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, at the time, I was the uh, chairman of the board of the Hudgens Art Center, and uh, we did a dedication. For Jackson, Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, that was the first time I had met Angie. So we had the, you know, we had the ceremony, and of course Bill was there. And I don't don't know if you were there or not, Teddy. You remember that, right? I was there. So the next day, my wife and I were flying to Aruba, and people are boarding on the plane, and we're sitting around, and I look across the aisle, and there's Angie. I said, "Well, now that's a coincidence." (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But Yeah. yeah, ever since then, Angie and I have also been really good friends and uh and it's also a friendship with both of these two guys here that i cherish as well so yeah, absolutely uh, S-
3: steven you know it's uh just hearing these stories it's what it's all about getting the, the relationships and and you can do work and business all day but having all these stories that we talked about i mean uh, both angie and I, our parents we, we had a lot of fun growing up they taught us how to roll houses and everything else <laughs> <laughs> but but they also taught us morals and they held us accountable uh, and um, they taught us how to not take ourselves too seriously, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 re- as a result of that, we get to follow in their both of their footsteps uh, and meet great people like both of you guys through well, through, you. through life. And and again, it goes back to that enjoying the journey along the way.
0: Yes, sir. Well, they they did a hell of a good job with oh, both of uh, you They know. did. Like, around wait, wait. That. Yes, sir.
3: We'll keep it G rated today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like they partly raised me too. it started yeah. from uh, tailgating uh, when I first met them at some tailgate games in college and uh, and hanging out and somebody introduced me to your folks and from that point on like whenever it was Game Day Saturday, I was like, Where are the Russells? I'm I'm going to their tailgate. Yeah, that's <laughs> gonna hang they, with them. They went to college with me. Yeah literally. Yeah, they <laughs> literally. did. Yeah, they yeah. did. Um, Stan, I had one more thing I wanted to run by you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I saw right around in in March, I did a little little bit of homework, uh, and and, and it looked like one way that you got to get out and escape the pandemic when things came to a halt is you got out on your your motorcycles
2: and and, and got outside and enjoyed it. I'm a motorcycle nut, Uh, much to my wife's chagrin. she reminds me every day how old I am. And are you sure you still need to be riding motorcycles? Mm-hmm. And obviously, my answer is, well, yes, I do. As yes. A of fact. yes, you so, do. But yeah, I'm a I'm a big motorcycle guy, and uh, you know, I didn't realize until we talked a little bit today mm-hmm. that you were. But uh, it's a great, great uh, re- release for me. Uh, it puts me at a at a place of calmness that you know we all need to get to every once in a while and people uh, achieve that calmness in uh, many different fashions for me it's on a Harley Davidson yes sir uh, and that's a that's a great place for me to be on so, so. you you got the Harley Cruiser mm-hmm. you got you
0: got the Beamer Adventure Touring glass bike mm-hmm. and then you got the Ducati trail bike
2: and, and I, I've got every motorcycle I've ever owned I, I have my first motorcycle that I had when I was probably 14 years old. Uh, a, Kawasaki 90, okay, still runs. Uh, I've got a Kawasaki 350 and a 750, the old two-strokes that they used to have back yeah. in the day, and I've got them all. Yeah. So when I crank them up to charge the batteries, the neighbors, you know, it, there's usually a police car rides through the area quickly <laughs> because it gets noisy in my neighborhood. <laughs> but cool. I, but it's, uh you know, I, I understand that they will come become a time where. I probably need to back off the motorcycle a little bit, but I'm not there yet. Good, I can promise you. Yeah. that. so fight it. Keep yeah, fighting it. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
0: I, I, I just got a, a, a Tiger 900, a Triumph. I was this close. Uh, you, you, is that that Beamer's a GS? That it is. Yeah, it is. I was this close to a GS, and I really liked it a lot, but. Um, actually, I ended up buying the Triumph just because I was going to have to wait a week on the Beamer and I couldn't stand it. Well, so.
2: my dad had a Triumph Bonneville when I was a kid. No, those are beautiful. And uh, it's it's still one of the most uh, impressive motorcycles I've ever ridden. Classic. Not only on looks, but, you know, people who like motorcycles really like the sound of them. Mm-hmm. And that that Triumph Bonneville had a sound that I've never heard duplicated before even since they sort of came back and started it's a different motorcycle for yeah. sure though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well you question. be careful on yours and I'll do the same I'll okay? try to I'm <laughs> just now
0: getting back out on mine I had foot surgery something. yeah and yeah I've been uh, just like walking by it in the garage for a couple of months now hum- limping by it I should say uh and, and <laughs> it's been calling out to me I've, I've finally gotten back out on it there it you feels go great. but good, anyway. good news absolutely well
1: um, I'm gonna stay in my car. You <laughs> <laughs> stand my
3: wrong. lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> A <lawnmower>. That's right. <laughs> 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 that's about right. Hey, my son just turned 16 now. Uh, if you guys haven't been through that experience, I believe you have, but. Ooh, that's a whole new world when your son turns 16 or, or child. Yeah, mm-hmm. so far so good. yeah so far so good. He's no, doing great. No mysterious dings on well, the side of the door that he yeah. could blame his sister on later. We, we had a little <laughs> little deal when he was chopping. Wood, you know, he was he was splitting wood, and, and but we, we we uh we got a winch and got him out of there. But <laughs> there every 16 year old, nah, that's a whole another story. I did the same. Yeah, it's hard sure. to get mad at him in when you've been there.
0: Yeah, you. Know, it's a rite of passage. Yeah. That's right. There you that's go. Right. Well, guys, uh, I think we're probably getting pretty close to, to wrap it up time, right? Yep. So, I uh, just want to thank you all for taking the time to come in. Uh, always a pleasure to sit down with you all. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, we got a – is it uh, – where's the, the, the visit this year? It's not Montreal. It's Austin. Right? Austin, Coming Texas. Fall, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I think I met you originally That's right. in, in, Denver. You, in you, Denver. You're both going? I'm going. I'm going. I'm yeah. going. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. All right. We'll have another uh, conversation we'll put then, you in right? the you cargo. Go. We'll look <laughs> – and we, we do got to work on, I think Bill Russell needs to be our guest, our next guest on this show. All right. <laughs>
3: careful what you done. ask for. <laughs> mouth, or careful. another.
0: Well, thank you guys very thank much. Thank you so much. And, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, really Happy enjoyed it. Thank you to you and Level 7. Fun. So you guys yes, keep sir. doing great things. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, uh, everybody out there listening, uh, thank you very much for joining us on uh, What's Going On in There, presented by Level 7 Facility Services. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast every month here on Business Radio X. If you missed the live broadcast, no worries, you can enjoy the show anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and clicking on what's going on in there. Uh, This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any of our future episodes. For my esteemed co-host, Angie Russell, and our guests, Stan Hall and Teddy Russell, I'm Stephen Tomlinson with Level 7 Facility Services, and you've been listening to What's Going On in There on Business Radio X.